Welcome back to Slice and Dice number 20. Yeah, I've stopped trying to keep track. It's 20. It's not that hard once you concentrate a little bit more. Yeah, but once I get past using my fingers, let me rephrase that. Once I'm not counting on my fingers anymore. Why am I still drippings with (laughs) glue? Ah, hope there's a, hopefully there's enough hard drive space to record this bad boy. <laughs> well, I, I don't know anything about backs. You're Mr. Back. Problems neither do I. <laughs> but anyway, it's it's that time of year again. It is time for the Academy Awards, the Oscars. Oh, I thought you were you were referencing I don't know, like the Olympics or something. No, good because the Olympics are boring. The Winter Olympics are extremely boring. Especially with our choking hockey teams. I, I did see uh, a, a news drop the other day that was talking about how people are so excited about curling. Nobody is excited by curling. No. Nobody. Mm-hmm. The only time curling is ever brought up is around the Olympics. And then they go through these great links to tell you how much people like curling. You're pushing a rock on ice with people with brooms trying to clear the way. It's fucking stupid. You want to know what else people aren't interested in anymore? What's that? Clowning. Apparently not. <laughs> we have it, it's it's a dark it's dark days in the world of clowning. Is it dark or is it actually well in the world of clowning? For the rest of the world, it, things are getting brighter because of it. We have <clears throat> we have a national clown shortage. Let that absorb into your brain for a second. A national clown shortage, and yet. Pedophiles seem to be on the rise, so I, I, I don't know. I, I'm not. <laughs> There's an article, and it is uh, NewYorkDailyNews.com. And anybody who needs a good laugh, I highly recommend we you look up national clown. Just Google national clown shortage and enjoy. Because apparently, I, now, now I don't know. I don't know who's more impressive here: the, the person who took down the notes with this with a straight face or the guy sitting there all serious being able to convey this in a straight face or, or was he talking to a clown i don't know no i can i can see you could just see like the, the head of the clown union <laughs> looking looking all, all as a clown all, as a clown well, he's got the the frowny clown face on because the, the <laughs> smile wouldn't has, work for the story. He's got to portray frowny. sad clown. <laughs> it has to be the maybe with the little painted teardrop. Yeah, yeah. It has to be the sad. Yeah, clown. carrying the the wilted flower <laughs> and an empty salt bottle. That's right. <laughs> and, and just saying how 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 sorry they are that the, the things are turning out this way for clowns. It says, as the greatest show on earth, I presume not to be Ringling Brothers, um, returns to Brooklyn, circus folk, I love that they reference them <laughs> as circus folk, fear a national clown shortage is on the horizon. Now, I remember, like, gas shortage, oil shortage, maybe even, like, uh, Food shortage, yeah. you know, things like that. Do we need to be getting worked up about clown shortage? <laughs> well, I I don't see myself getting in a line a mile long to see that one clown standing there. Right. Remember, I need my moment of clowning. <laughs> membership of the country's largest trade organizations for the jokesters have plunged over the past decade as declining interest, old age, and higher standards among employers... 
Because <laughs> only top-of-the-line clowns align against crusty bozo and their crimson-nosed colleagues. What would a meeting of clowns be like? Could they accomplish anything? Because if they're sitting there being serious, doesn't it defeat Typically the Typically called a board meeting at our, at our uh, place of employment. So apparently, uh, apparently the, uh, the Clowns of America International President, Glenn Kohlberger... That, says, that doesn't sound like a good clown that name. That does not you sound like a good... Well, I, like I don't want a Glenn Kohlberger. How is, like, Bozo well, not just, your president at this point? I mean, Bozo... Clarabelle. Yeah, Ronald McDonald. <laughs> exactly. I mean, how, what, how do you get somebody that's got some Jewish name that, that's... <laughs> you need a clown name. Right. What It says, what's happening is attrition. The older clowns are passing away. The older everybody's are passing well, away. Yeah. But when you add the word clown <laughs> into it, it just makes it more awesome. Um, yeah. is, is there anything sadder than a dead clown? I don't know. He said he wouldn't, he wouldn't release specific numbers citing the privacy of the members. I thought that all pedophiles are like public records. Yeah, they, they, have to, they have to register with the town. Because <laughs> I'm sorry. Clown is pedophile. It has to be. That what, what, why else are they hiding behind all the makeup? They have a deep, dark secret. It, it, that attracts, for some reason, attracts kids. Right. Parents are wise to it now. Though. You don't see kids running up to clowns. Oh, not anymore. Do, do, do people hire clown for birthday parties anymore? Oh, I don't think so. Now, no, typically now you, you hire like dude dressed as cowboy or something. Or, or or do just as dinosaur. And don't get me started on magician, on party magician either. I'm not talking like like the Penn and Tellers and the guys who have shows. No, like you're talking like I'm, yeah, Joe I'm, from Arrested Development. Exactly. That guy. <laughs> That's got the dead pigeon in his right. pocket. <laughs> that guy is is on the threshold of being clocked. Oh yeah. Yeah. They're creepy too. That dude, uh, or. Or cheesy ventriloquist uh-huh. dude. Yep. <laughs> if yep. you play with puppets, puppet yeah. <laughs> puppet guy, you have to question uh, question them as well. But clown to me is, is the top tier. Yes. Because they they are hiding, and it, that, it makes you wonder. Then now I under, or I don't think I have to wonder. Now I get why clowns always play that game where they jam like twenty of them into a, into a Volkswagen Bug. Yeah. Because they're hoping half of them are kids. Oh, because geez. they they grow up in for free. Oh God. And, and, and it almost makes it like, well, there's nothing I could do. He right. couldn't move in there. That's just... So, <laughs> just because he had his crotch in my face. Right. My so. hand touched his balls, but, you know... It's, <laughs> oh, boy! Um, he said, the challenge is getting younger people involved in clowning. You think? <laughs> <laughs> it's because, you know, the clown is always the most popular one in school. Right. The, <laughs> the, the class clown? Yeah, I don't think it's just quite the same thing. And even the class clown. The class clown was popular, but think back to the class clown when you were in school. That dude was not pulling any tail whatsoever. Class clown was the one that everybody loved to invite because they do stupid shit, but never had that close friend. No one was well, the close friend of the class just clown. Just like in the spectacular now. Yeah, you just... Sutter Keeley is like the class clown. Everybody dug the dude. Around, Everyone right. wanted them around, but jeez, no one wanted to be that dude's close yeah. friend because they're annoying. Kohlberger said it's difficult getting younger people who develop an early interest in the many facets of clowning, apparently clowning has (laughs) facets, to stick with it on the professional level. 
This tells me that there is an amateur level of clown <laughs> and a professional level. Do you, is there like a clown draft? There, there, well, is I there a combine picture, for clowns? I can picture the clown board saying, no, dude, that was Bush League. Yeah. That's Bush League clownery right there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to I go to like the clown combines. <laughs> <laughs> they, turn, they have to run the course with the big floppy feet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he does the 40-yard unicycle <laughs> in like four seconds. <laughs> What happens is they go on to high school and college and clowning isn't cool anymore. You think? Let me stop you there. (laughs) Clowning was never cool. (laughs) Clowning was not cool way prior to high school and college. In high school and college, they realize clowning will not get me laid. You think high school guy who who, who was clown in high school, I've never even seen a clown in high school, gets to college, he shows up on first day with his clown (laughs) gear and everybody looks at him like, don't know, don't know what kind of big shot you thought you were in high school, clown, but you're in college now. <laughs> Do clowns transition into the mascot role? At, they at almost have to, because I don't know what the equivalent would be. <laughs> they, they, they need that dude who's going to run out on the field and act like they're part of the sports team, even though they're not. <laughs> Cyrus Zave. That's closer to clown. That's closer to clown. The president of, of New York Clown Alley. I don't want to know what that is. Uh, well, apparently it's a group that boasts 45 members across the New York area. Now that seems dually. We're talking about a metropolitan area of over 11 million people. Yeah. And you've only 45. found 45 willing to be a part of your clown alley. That's awesome. <clears throat> Said clowns can pull in up to $300 for a birthday party. Ooh, is that because they like uh, I don't know they sneak into the uh, into they're, they're, the parents' bedroom they're and steal some and dad stuff and, and grab them some used panties at <laughs> the same time. The that's right. <laughs> <laughs> but that's hardly a financial incentive for many young people. This is true. Do you know how expensive it is to keep yourself in those long balloons to make balloon animals out of? <laughs> this is a great line. American kids these days are thinking about different careers altogether, said Zave, who has worked under the moniker Sido for nearly two decades. I think Zave is a better name than (laughs) Sido. They're they're thinking about everything other than clowning. God, I hope so. (sighs) The question is this, though. Is the world better off without clowns? Yes. You know how many people are going to get more sleep now? Yes. If there are no clowns? The pe- photos of Pennywise have horrified people for years. It, it, it's horrible. The lack of wannabe bozos, so the, the, the guy who wrote this is clearly just, just having a ball with it, has yet to hurt the big top at the greatest show on earth. Uh, and the Ringling Brothers of Barlow Valley Circus has implemented a more rigorous hiring process to find just the right clown. As a result of the more challenging tryouts, just 11 clowns out of 14 who were selected from 531 applicants, the job market is low, so people have to turn to clowning to uh, to make ends meet. Is this uh, a reality show in the making, though? Oh, it could be. The clown tryouts for Ringling Brothers. To, to attend a rigorous 14-day boot camp, or floppy shoot camp. <clears throat> at the Ringling Brothers Clown College last year, they only they only offered eleven jobs. 
clouds. Fourteen days of boot camp, of floppy sheep camp. How how much do you really need? To, I get unicycle. I do understand that. Well, that takes some practice. Yeah, I I, I get that. That and but not it's all still of them not can ride cool. unicycle. No, no, no. Unicycle, unicycle not boy cool. is not the one who's going to be having a whole lot of popularity. <laughs> no. Um, and, and what else do they need to show you? You you to use that bucket with confetti to well, use a seltzer bottle. Well, this is all all you need to know. Here's the line. There's no goofing around at the training where clowns get a chance to learn the finer points of floppy shoes and wildly colored wigs <laughs> from veteran performers. <laughs> so, so what is this training? Now I'm intrigued. <laughs> and this is the this is the kicker. This is the final line of the article. Our audience expects to be wowed, said David Kaiser, Ringling Brothers Director of Talent. No longer is it good enough to just drop your pants and focus on boxer shorts. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's illegal. <laughs> and if it's clouds doing it, you're thinking that it's an invite. <laughs> Dude, I... Does this mean that we're going to have a drop-off in clown porn, though? Well, um, that I'm sure you'll let us know. Yeah, I'll keep you posted on that one because that would be a crisis. A lack of clown porn would be a major, major crisis. <laughs> mm. I, mean, a, I don't know how to feel about this because I, I was the kid that would go to like the, the old Shriner Circus. And they always had the clowns that would come down and shake the hands of, of all the kids in the line. And I always I did. go near those bastards. No, I always did my best to hide behind my parents because I didn't want to even make eye contact with the clown. No. And in my mind, maybe it's a good thing that clowns are going away. Ah, I think the only is. clown I've ever liked was Krusty. Krusty the clown's all right, but he was a cartoon clown, and he's still creepy. Yeah, I mean, Krusty's as perverted as they come, but right. he wears it on his sleeve, and he's cartoon. <laughs> right. Well, we've certainly wasted enough time talking about clown. Let's talk about something more uh, more relevant to our our fan base: <clears throat> the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes. The trailer is out there. It is. And I sit here underwhelmed. And I am now way more on board than I had been. Um, and and <laughs> when I say underwhelmed, I don't mean I'm any less excited for it, but I'm certainly no more excited for it. I didn't... I, I, and to be fair, and, and you don't either, I, you don't really have any history with the Guardians no, of the Galaxy. none whatsoever. Whereas I knew sort of what to expect with the Iron Mans and the Captain Americas out there. I mean, I'm not I'm not fully schooled on the on the histories of their comics and stuff like that. But you you know those characters. That was freaking that was me the hell out. <laughs> you think? <laughs> Whoa. That, That's evil, how Ghost Hunters has done evil, it all along. Evil tablet. <laughs> we're sitting here, we're sitting here talking. I've got the iPad on my on my lap, and all of a sudden we start hearing voices. I'm like, "What the fuck?" I thought it was Oz at first. Like, was he meow or something? Then something's talking to us. And I'm like, "Oh God!" What and the then hell when is the line was about something bit me. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> okay. What the fuck. Uh, so anyway, what the hell are we talking about? Guardians, Guardians of the, of the Galaxy. Galaxy. At least with um. Uh, 
you know, those uh, phase one characters, you knew sort of what to expect. Right. I don't know what to expect with this here. I know there's a, a tree dude, I know there's a raccoon with a machine gun, and there's three other characters that I have no idea who they are. So, I'm looking at this and trying to get a sense for why these dudes are heroes, why, you know, what what's the big uh, the big dread that, uh, that they're going to have to overcome. And I didn't feel like this trailer gave me a lot of that. To be fair, they, they were trying to somehow introduce you a little bit to these characters. I don't think they they I don't think they succeeded completely. I still don't feel like I know anything about these characters. Um and, and it was so I don't know clowny. Well, the way I took it, and again, this is from the standpoint of someone who's not read a single thing on the Guardians of the Galaxy. I only know what I've heard in other podcasts. And the way I took it is that basically you you have five, I'll call them people, five characters that are the least likely heroes, but are thrust into a hero kind of role. Mm -hmm. A la, it's probably a bad example, but a la Han Solo who is very, very much not the hero type, but he's thrust into a situation where he becomes the hero. And that's kind of the way I took it. Now, again, it's two and a half minutes. The reason I'm more on board is what I saw at the end of Thor, to me, looked so just almost comic book-like set. And and I, I know it is a comic book movie, but when you take the step to the big screen... You need to get away from that cheese look. And I felt that that little couple minute piece very much had that cheese look. Mm-hmm. I literally felt like I was looking at the blunt cave from Kevin uh, from uh, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. I was waiting for the cock knocker to come breaking through the wall. It just looked wrong. And the costumes just seemed way over the top. And everything about it just had this, I don't know, half-assed feel. Well, and, go ahead. And what, what I... To me, it's an interesting risk because up to this point, as you've already said, Marvel's given people things that everybody knows. Everybody knows who Iron Man is. Whether or not you have any real history with it, you know who Iron Man is. Certainly everyone knows who uh, Spider-Man is. You, you already have that background. And to try to, to all of a sudden go with a totally different franchise, this is an interesting risk. I don't know if it's Howard the Duck level... Concerned Howard the Duck is what? Always concerned to be the first Marvel film, uh, film technically. and But at that point, that was the risk, but George Lucas was doing it. We're not at that level. Marvel now, Marvel Studios is just rolling things out. And people are going to them because Marvel Studios now. So it's probably not as big a risk, but it's interesting to me because all of a sudden I have characters I have no background with. Right. And I'm looking forward to something new. Yeah, I mean, for me, I'm okay with the fact that that there's going to be this this element of uh, comedy to it. I, I want those characters to be, you know, somewhat light and funny and things like that. I mean, but if it's done intelligently, like they've done with Tony Stark and things right. like that, um, the the problem is this trailer from start to end was all just oh, it was lampooning, lampooning, exactly. Good, good term. Mm-hmm. Um, at some point, these heroes have to get serious about saving whatever it is they're planning to save. 
And that's where it didn't give me anything like that. I can't, I don't want to get behind just a lampoon for two and a half hours and, oh, well, they're they're a bunch of of 'er ne'er-do-wells, but they got lucky and saved the day. That's not what I want here. I want want them to be badasses at the end. And and I do agree with you. What I think, uh, what I'm hearing while we talk is, I have a feeling that we're actually kind of meeting in the middle on this one. Mm -hmm. That because I was so uninterested after that piece, I've now hit fairly interested but I agree. I, I don't want just two hours of a comedy routine right. because that won't work. It's still, I, I if they're going to be heroes in some way, then I need to see a reason for them to be heroes. I don't need to see, and here's the throwback in 1980s movie, I don't need Ice Pirates with Robert Ulrich or whoever it was in that fucking movie for two hours here. Right. It, it, it just... I don't have the time, don't have the patience for it. <clears throat> Give me a reason to want to see it. I'm erring on the side of caution that the reason they gave you the two and a half minutes of basically comedy was because the average person has no background with it, so they figure this will drum up interest if they make it funny. If they made it serious, then maybe the fear would be that people would check out. Don't know. I'm all on board for seeing what they do with with the maniacal raccoon with a machine gun. Oh, hell yeah. I'm I'm down with that. Um, Maybe they'll go and save the world from clowns. Maybe that's what the clown causes the clown shortage. Yeah. Right there. They're coming through time taking out clowns. The juggalos will, will maintain oh, Jesus the level Christ. of clowns. Why, aren't, why isn't the clown college recruiting from juggalo? <laughs> it's there. It's a perfect built-in audience. They don't care. Juggalos don't care how they look or smell <laughs> or sound. This is true. They're all, they're, this is clown in the making. Yeah. All right. Enough of the damn clowns. Guardians of the Galaxy, August... You're excited. I'm excited. I, I I'm excited. I'm way more excited than I was. So, but yeah, it's and it may not live up to what I'm hoping. I'll see. We'll find out. We'll find August out. is an interesting time to land a Marvel movie, though. It's early August, like the second or something like that. But uh, typically, Marvel films are what May, yeah. maybe June. And yeah, August. Uh, we we've already talked about. Uh, well, not in this cast, but before. What August typically means to the summer movie period, yep. but we'll find out. Yep. All right, let's uh, pause here, do a little of what we watched. Come on, Maddie. Let's go to the movies. Let's go see the stars. <laughs> Cowboy heroes, cops and robbers, glamour and strike, bigger than life. Sitting in the darkness, what a world to see. Let's go to the movies and wait and see. So I fear our uh, this part of the what we watched. We don't have a lot of uh, a lot of good stuff. In I know. <laughs> I got one good. Considering one. the podcast is about the Oscars, Oscars. this is relatively low brow leading <laughs> in the Oscars. <laughs> Correct. I'll start with the one good movie I did see. I saw the Lego movie. I love this song. Everything is Turn signal, park between the lines, yes! 
drop off dry cleaning before noon, read the headlines, don't forget to smile, always root for the local sports team, sports team. always return a compliment, hey, you look nice, so do you, drink overpriced coffee, there you go, that's $37, wow, awesome, I, yeah, I need to see it, talk about a movie that you go into, and, and this is one here that, that I went and saw specifically because of the word of mouth that it was getting, um, in sim- like Pompeii. Yeah, that that's getting word of mouth, and that's why I haven't seen it. But uh, <clears throat> similar in the way like Wreck It Ralph did last year. Um, and I'm always I'm always a little leery about the word of mouth, especially this time of year, because people seem to hype a lot of shit up. Well, it's because it's, it's the movies that come out this time of year tend to suck so badly yeah. that you're comparing shit to shit. Yeah. And, this, and some things are just better shit. Than yeah, it, it smells like they ate something delightful before they shat it out. Well, the Lego movie is not shit. The Lego movie is inventive, uh, entertaining. Uh, it is just straight up PG, which, you know, those flicks tend to fall into the trap of, well, it was cute, but it wasn't really funny. Mm-hmm. There was enough, uh, and there was cuteness, but there was a, there was enough funny here to make this worthwhile. The attention to detail was great, even like when the, uh, you know, they're on the water and the Lego, it's actually Lego waves and, and the train going by with the, the stack with Lego smoke coming out of it and stuff. So there, there, it was definitely good attention to detail. It was a decent story. The characters that are in it, pretty much if you've seen a Lego version of it, you're going to find it in this movie. Lego Batman. We don't, I don't even need another Batman movie now because Lego Batman is the greatest Batman ever. Um, it, it's hilarious. and Better than George Clooney? A little. Not quite oh. as good as Val Kilmer, but okay. better, better than Clooney. Um, and then at the end, it sort of, sort of dumps what you've been watching the whole time and dumps it on its ear and and something different happens but it 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 sort of works uh it, it's really entertaining and, and I, I can't really dive into it without giving it away no so, don't be spoiler um um highly entertaining the only flaw i had was uh you know it was a little heavy-handed with the uh you know, one of the characters' name was President Business, and mm. he almost he almost has like a George Bushish <coughs> tone to him and stuff like that. Um, well, he's voiced by Will Ferrell, so that he who who's, didn't Will Ferrell have a one uh, a one do, act that he did he George used to Bush. Do George Bush. I want to say he did one for HBO that was a one hour special that all it was was George Bush. Yeah. So there's um, there's definitely. Uh, you know this this little bit of an undertone of like oh evil president business and and uh, ooh evil capitalism and stuff like that and oh, everybody's a winner and stuff like that bullshit um, but but it it stops just short enough and and sort of switches gears in time to not make it too annoying um, but yeah highly entertaining flick good four out of five oh, cool for all ages all right. Yeah, I want to see it because I've, as you and I were talking earlier, I've I've heard it it kind of captured why Shrek is such a great movie. Yeah. That adults can go in, they also see I would say Shrek's a better movie. Certainly. Shrek is a little more, uh, a little more, uh, I think Shrek was PG-13, so it was a little bit more... Shrek had a few things that it pushed a little bit. Underhanded humor that the kids weren't quite getting, but there was a little bit of that. Like the, was it? Pinocchio wearing yeah. lady, uh, women's yeah. underwear or something. Right, right. 
Um, another movie, I, another movie I saw that didn't uh, didn't quite live up to uh, its predecessor, RoboCop. What's wrong with it? No, nothing, nothing. The software sends the information to the brain, then the brain relates this to the AI module. Yeah. A year later, that computers finished the job. Raymond, you you wanted a man inside a machine. And that's what you've got. But the, but the human element will always be present. Fear, instinct, bias, uh, compassion. They will always interfere with the okay, system. Okay, Lieutenant, I've got to give the American people something they can root for, something aspirational, right? They have to believe in this thing. Pretty good. That's not, I don't know how to sell. Okay. So I don't care how you do it. I'm asking you. Come on, can you help me? Just get him to do the first one in uh, let's say it was 87 yes. Oliver Hoven's yep. uh, version <clears throat> with uh, Peter Weller had a hell of a lot more heart than this thing had um, you know I, a lot of the similarities between this one and that one felt in this one felt like they were there only because the director uh, Jose Padilla thought they had to be there you know yeah we'll we'll, we'll uh, you know the guy almost dies and we'll stick him in this uh, this artificially constructed robotic suit and and oh and he doesn't want to live and and it just these things are just sort of brushed on and then get that gets to the to the real meat of the story where you have the the evil guy in charge of the corporation, which is uh, Michael Keaton in this instance, who is hell-bent to make sure that the general population embraces his new weaponry, if you will, because he stands to make all this money off of it. So while <clears throat> uh, Joel Kinnaman, is, who plays RoboCop, is... Um, <clears throat> Uh, he, he, the human side of him versus, uh, is sort of weighing down over the robotic side of him, and the human side of him is sort of like hampering the the message he wants to send to the populace. Because if if he has a conscience, if he has some ethics and some morals, he's not going to be effective at his crime-fighting job because he'll think twice about taking down the criminals stuff like that so they they actually have um has one of his like uh experts sort of cut off the human side and jackie earl haley plays uh plays this guy so basically he starts ignoring his family uh and just goes out and starts you know doing things so efficiently and taking down the crime uh, that, the, that the population is starting to embrace it and stuff like that. But, of course, humanity sort of finds a way in him and starts overriding even, even the, uh, the robotic side. And this just becomes like a revenge flick of, of him sort of going to try to take down the big corporations and stuff like that. Um, it, it, just, it just was sort of heartless and pointless. Uh, I didn't. I didn't really get much out of it. Kinnaman is fine. He just really well, isn't the, given a whole lot to. That's do. what I was going to ask. Because I, I do like Kinnaman, and I'm curious to Peter see if Waller. he'll translate onto the big screen. I know he's done on the big screen stuff before, but 
this is his opportunity to really be the lead guy. Yeah, I don't. I don't think for a second this this makes him a star by any stretch. Um, and unfortunately, because I, I like you, I like Kinnaman. Um, and I think his work in The Killing is great. Um, but this movie isn't strong enough, uh, isn't good enough to make him a next level actor. All right. Uh, and it really isn't to any fault of his own. It's just he was given a, a fairly bad vehicle to to work with here. Um, if you'd rather have a cop in a suit movie that uh, that works a lot better, go see Dread with Carl Urban. <laughs> Dread. Now that is a good movie. People yes. need to be on that one. You though I recognize that was now almost two years ago. Yeah. Um, but it's on Netflix Instant. Yeah, I, and I've actually watched two or three times since it's been loaded on Netflix Instant. It, that, it, granted, it's it's the rate, but right. I don't necessarily know that the one was intentionally ripped off from the other. Right. So, <clears throat> RoboCop, not so much. Could have been worse. Certainly could have been better. Uh, two out of five. All right. Well, then I'll keep the the eh. Level going here and say that I sat and watched last year's Texas Chainsaw movie. I'm not a big fan of those movies, but for some reason I think I've seen what all of them. Possessed you to even because I've seen it. with all the shit out there you haven't seen. I'm the kind of guy that on Saturday night at midnight, if I'm looking for a movie, I want cheese. I want something that's a semi horror. I want something. With a clown. There, there's actually a clown movie on Netflix now that I've been tempted to watch called Stitches. And, but I just haven't pulled the trigger on it because I'm afraid of what the lasting effects may be. But I, that's my thing with watching. I love a good horror movie. At midnight on Saturday night, and I'm sitting there gaming. I like having something like that on. And so I landed on Texas Chainsaw because I knew it would come out last year, and I heard there was going to be a fresh take that was basically adding to the story. And it does start off with, with pieces from the original one. And what this movie conjecture is is that it's it picks up immediately from the girl being saved at the end of the original and the cops responding to the house and basically people lynch mob the house burn it to the ground and this one person working for the police happens to go in and finds this little tarped over area with that almost leaf tarp that people use to cover their special kinds of crops that they're growing and that's where the, 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 the family had been hiding all the cars of people that they'd abducted. And in it, they find one of the uh, elder siblings and her baby from this family. They kill her and take the baby. Fast forward 30 years later, Alexander Daddario finds out that she's been... She has somehow been given this house because her, her grandmother somehow came to acquire it. Her grandmother's passed away, and it's been left to her in the will. So she goes to live in the house, 
that was burned to the ground and only find finds out that they that the people had basically fled to this newer place that she had been living there all along. So they just, it's, it starts off literally with the last one left off of let's just keep killing. It's the most pointless, unnecessary, stupid horror movie. There's it. It's not even intelligent. It's not even the original. I'll give credit for because it, it, if you're into that kind of thing, and it's to me, it's virtually just on the edge of torture porn. I I cringe at it, but the scenes were well done enough that I do still cringe. Nothing in this movie was well done. It it just really felt like it was absolutely unnecessary, and that this is a franchise that was just it's better not better left alone. Um, Again, there's no real, no stars in it, unless Alexander Daddario. And honestly, before the scene in True Detective came out, most people couldn't have told you who she was. Um, she's fine in it. It's just she's fine in a movie that's not fine. I can't recommend it. If, you, even, if you're looking for a good horror movie, I can't recommend it. Find something else, 1.5 out of 5. Right on. Um... The other movie, last movie I saw was uh, The Knights of Bad Astem. Hey, you doing there, Captain Trips? Barely. There be a fungus among us. Is it your fungus that's fucking with me? Because if you did slip me some shrooms, why does it feel like I got bent over and taken advantage of back there? Perhaps thine reach exceeds that grasp, Fizzard. So, who are our comrades, Enchanter? Right. That's Milando, the pious. Watch him in battle. Complete weasel, but entertaining. You'll see. Sir Gunther, the mighty. Head case with the big stick. He is unique and crazy. And Guinevere the fearless, whose plus three acid perfection should keep the memory of she who shall not be mentioned at bay. Plus three? Clearly you underestimate my endowments. I, I still want to see this. Um, you know, this is going to fall into that category of it is what it is. It, yeah, it's cool. exactly what you expected it to be going in. Basically, about this group of uh, live-action role players, LARPers, who uh, go off into the woods in their neighborhood and uh, to, to reenact, um, you know, a games of Game of Thrones type lifestyle, a battle, if you will, two teams fighting for the flag. I've been invited like to go LARP. I just um, turned it, it down. Yeah, I, <coughs> I'm all about the the fantasy and the role playing stuff like that. I don't have any issue with that. I don't know if I want to spend any ex, you know exorbitant amount of time with people that are so infatuated. That that becomes a little. They just, do it just for a creepy. whole weekend, yeah. dude. They they rent out this camping area and they're running around with these bags of the spells, lightning bolt, lightning yeah, bolt. Exactly. And they, they if they get into real battles, they literally rock paper scissors their way out that, of it. You know, sitting around a table and playing Dungeons and Dragons with a few beers for a few right. hours, and, that's and your one snacks, thing. your pizza, and right. everything else. That's no different than throwing on the Risk or right. Monopoly on the table. That's exactly. Fine. <clears throat> the ones that get into it at that level, eh, yeah. <laughs> you guys have a good time. I'm going to go hang out with the clowns. Yep. Um, but anyway, this, this big group here, we have Peter Dinklage in this. Uh, summer. You, you said big group, and then you went Peter Dinklage. Now. Well, there's a little bit of an oxymoron. <laughs> All right. Certainly. Um, uh, summer Glau uh, is in it. 
Uh, the guy, the kid who plays Jason Stackhouse in True Blood, Ryan, Ryan Quantman or something like yep. that. Yeah, the, those are your big names in here. <clears throat> um, Summer Glau, dude, she runs around a little. That that would get me out to one of these events. Just if, if Summer Glau was there running around in this little. Uh, I will say outfit. that well, Steve Archibald used to be at it. He's shown me photos. Some of the outfits yeah. the ladies come up with. Yeah. Are impressive. Yeah, well, this was impressive, too. This was worth worth watching just for Summer Glau. Regardless, I digress. Um, <laughs> so, so these groups, they go out into the woods. One of them has this this book that turns out to be like this uh, authentic uh, like book that summons a demon out to where they're out, uh, out in the woods where they're doing this. And, you know, demon, you know, causes havoc, and they end up having to save, uh, uh, save the group from... Uh, from basically this this demon destroying the earth and stuff. So uh, not not really as funny as I would hope. I mean, certainly a tongue-in-cheek. Everybody involved with this, nobody's taking this seriously at all. They know exactly what they're making. They know exactly who the target audience is going to be here. Um, it, uh, it was amusing. Mm-hmm. Not very good, but amusing. A, a good distraction for an hour and a half. It's not long. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and there's a couple of, of moments that are, that are funny. Um, but you know, very low budget, not, not a lot of effort put in here. Well, this, it's interesting because this is the movie that you and I both saw a trailer to mm-hmm. like two years ago mm-hmm. and it's just struggled to find a, a distributor. Yeah. And, and I don't even think it's getting any kind of theatrical release. I think it's just. No, it went right it, to DVD. Yeah. As, as it should. Um, there was another flick a couple years ago. I want to say uh, Darkness Rising yes. or something. I actually thought that was more amusing than Darkness this. Rising is a pretty damn funny movie. That that one was uh, was funnier than this one. Certainly, It certainly was even fur- further into the low budget with, and further with the less names attached to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was actually written better, I think. So it was funnier for that. That type of, the only people who are going to really find this amusing is probably people who are into this thing, who understand a little bit more about the terminology being used and 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 the events that are going on in here. I mean, even if you're not familiar with it, there's enough here you'll understand what's going on. But I think those people, uh, LARPers, are the ones who are going to maybe get a little more out of this yeah. as well. Uh, two and a half out of five, strictly for the... It, it entertained me enough for an hour and a half, and yeah, you know, it, it, it's completely forgettable beyond that. All right, one more for you. One more for me. Uh, I caught a very low budget comedy. Well, co- I'll call it dramedy with uh, Heather Graham, Carrie Ann Moss, and Kevin Dillon called Compulsion. And basically, Heather Graham plays this chick. Who's obsessed with cooking? Absolutely obsessed with it. She spends all day preparing that big menu for her band to come home, and everything is prawns with this kind of sauce and and candied whatever, and to the point where she literally it has become her full on obsession. She spent thousands upon thousands just remodeling her kitchen. Every day when she's preparing the meal, she pictures herself doing it as a cooking show. So she dresses the she dresses like a cooking show host. She smiles to the camera. Everything she dresses like Emerald? A hot cooking show host. Oh. Are there hot? Well, Jada. 
Jimmy Fallon Raptors yeah. is pretty hot. And Heather Graham, let's be honest, Heather Graham is a chick who's holding up quite well. Well, it's Roller Girl. Right, but Roller Girl was almost 20 years ago. That was 97. That's true. Heather Graham is still freaking slamming. Carrie Ann Moss, I'll never get the Carrie Ann Moss thing. Who decided Carrie Ann Moss is beautiful? What's she in? Matrix. Uh, Memento. Right. Um, And and it's... What's the name of this fucking thing? Compulsion. Compulsion. And and basically, it's... uh, Carrie Ann Moss is an actress who, 20 years prior, had been something... But now the age is setting in. She's not getting all the calls anymore. She moves next door. Uh, and since Kevin Dillon, who's Heather Graham's boyfriend, is now getting pissed and just wants a goddamn burger and not this big feast for the eyes and all the sensors, now Heather Graham has to find a new target for her obsession. It's Carrie and Moss. And it's about this weird relationship they build around each one's obsession. Carrie Ann Moss's wanting to get back to the big time, and Heather Graham wanting to be this big time uh, cooking show uh, whiz. Um, it's entertaining enough. Again, I don't even know what to classify it as because it's so over the top. It feels like a comedy, yet the whole time it's this really, really dark take on what what obsession really is. It's. 90 minutes well spent. It's not a great film. You really won't have a whole lot of takeaways. You won't even know if there is a a takeaway here. If you're looking for a way to spend 90 minutes, though, you you won't feel like you wasted it. I'll give it two and a half out of five. Yeah. All right. Well, it's that time. That time has come. The time we talk about for months and months and months. It is time to reveal... Our Oscar predictions and talk some Academy Awards, and we'll be right back to do that. Yes, sir. Well, I love the movies. Welcome to the biggest movie event of the year. We're gonna have a great night, ladies and gentlemen. And the Oscar goes. And the Oscar goes to. Goes to Heath Ledger. Your Oscar goes to Benjamin Button. The Dark Knight. Sean Penn. Slumdog Millionaire. Now I know we've had this discussion, but it bears repeating here just because that's sort of what we're doing today is talking the Oscars. Ellen DeGeneres, I'm fine with it. I'm not. You're not. I just don't but, find anything appealing about Ellen well, DeGeneres. Well, and, here, and here's the point, though. I, I guess this is the point. Outside of that first ten minutes when the host does their little monologue or opening stuff, the host pretty much becomes irrelevant in the Academy Awards. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little bit something here, a little something there, but it's not like they're going to it's not like Saturday night live where they're going to they're going to drop another 15 minute shtick on you later or stuff like that. What does it really matter? Does it matter who's hosting this thing? It must because they make such a big deal out of announcing it every year. Well, and I think they do that just because they're trying to drum an audience into the into the spectacle. Um, I, I certainly think, I certainly think Ellen DeGeneres is going to, I think she's going to draw more people than Seth MacFarlane, because I think she's more universally well-liked. Seth MacFarlane is, is an attractive choice to people like us, who, who know 
what this guy brings to the table. Well, I was going to say, Seth MacFarlane is immensely more talented. Immensely. Oh, well, well, yeah, but, I mean, Ellen, she's a talk show host. Right. She's not, she's not trying to create movies or, you know, you know, and she was, say what you want about her, she was a respectable enough stand-up comic. She's not the greatest, she's not the worst. There's plenty out there that are worse than fucking Ellen DeGeneres, but she doesn't even do I, that. I anymore. will say there are ones that are worse. She she doesn't even do that anymore. She's pretty much talk show host. That's Ellen DeGeneres' thing. Talk show host, voiceover actress. That's all she is. My issue is this: Ellen DeGeneres is safe. Well, absolutely. That's my issue. Absolutely. That is my again. It goes back to the heart of the Academy. Ellen is safe. Certainly. And but to say, but, but she in brings the same nothing regard, to the table. Really? Billy uh, Billy Crystal was safe. Yeah, but he brought something to the table. That well, was he years of past to. history. I would Unfortunately, argue his it last fell flat. Did not when work. you and I were both on board, and we sure. both came away saying that I, was pretty much a failure. Yeah, it just felt old, tired, and no connection anymore. Right. Um, to that end, <sighs> I haven't. I don't think I've seen anybody as a host of the Oscars since those earlier Billy Crystal days. Um, I think when was the last time he did it prior to early 2000s? Yeah. I haven't seen anybody really since that time that's blown me away off the stage. No, I think my... Safe or unsafe. Yeah, I, I think my favorite one... Other Maybe than, Hugh Jackman. His his opening thing was a little bit funny. I, I, I actually didn't mind as much as I can't stand one of the pair. I didn't mind the Steve Martin, Alec Baldwin. Oh, I can't stand Alec Baldwin, right? But I, I, I thought that they kind of played off each other well. And one thing about Alec Baldwin is he's a douche, but for some reason people give him a pass, yeah, because he said things in that on that broadcast that a lot of people wouldn't say. Yeah, and he's he's Alec Baldwin. He gets a pass. He's the only guy I know that can trash the gays, but then claim to be right. a proud supporter of them and they embrace him. I don't get it. Yeah, uh, but he got the same pass. Um, Franco Hathaway. That was, was that was a, a bit of a fail. Mostly because of Franco. Here's, I think my thing with DeGeneres is this. I don't understand what the, what people like about Ellen DeGeneres. I never have. But I guess I'm also, I, I have no understanding of whether or not people now really I like th- her. I think, I think what they like about Ellen DeGeneres is that she's just likable. Yeah, and maybe that's, maybe that's what it is, is... She she is what she is. I mean, and and certainly, I think the sexuality thing comes into play here because she came out and she embraced it and has been who she is, has been herself for years. Well, she was and, one of the first, and people are comfortable with it. Sure. And, 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 I'm, and I'm certainly saying that she has every right to be proud for that. And that's that is something that is a definite selling point for her. But I think that there's a certain aspect of that's what the Academy is trying to embrace. She's safe and she's become this, I don't know, this this the thing that people are embracing, I guess. And, and I don't know. I'm just not a fan. I, I, I remember watching her stand up and honestly thinking, this is, when is the funny moment? Yeah. And so it doesn't work for me. But I'm, I've also been a very big supporter of what McFarlane did last year. And yet... I recognize that apparently I'm in the minority. Well, I uh, thought it was a great broadcast, and I thought that he brought an edginess, but I know edgy is not what the Academy is looking for. Right. 
No, they're, they're, they're definitely not. They don't want their Janet Jackson boob slip. Right. They want... Uh, yeah, and they, they, they probably weren't overly happy with the We Saw Your Boobs song and dance, which <laughs> I was thought was funny. Yeah, that was entertaining. And the, the, there were people in the audience who we called out that clearly were having fun with it. And Hathaway herself was. She herself has even referenced it. That she wasn't anybody until she showed her boobs. Um, Yeah, but I won't say that it's going to keep me from watching it. And I'll probably come away. Because I do get that there's a... She connects with people. I think they should just hand it over to Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. Just have the whole thing. Immediately. If they wanted to give (laughs) those two a contract for life, I'd be on board. Yeah. And again, separately, I don't really care for either of them. But together... They click, and they they make the Globes work so perfectly. Give them the job. Right. And, and, and maybe DeGeneres will be fine, because, again, there is something likable about her. So, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. I've well, gone on way too long. Neither, yeah, neither here nor there. It, it, I, I I don't expect anything too memorable from the opening shtick, but regardless. Will she dance? Probably. Isn't that part of the whole shtick every year, singing and dancing? Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. And that's her shtick, is that she does her faux dance. Yeah, she's she's all about... She's older than I thought she would do. She's like in her 50s. Well, yeah, she was in her 20s in the 1980s, dude, doing stand-up. She doesn't look that old, though. I mean, she looks good for her age. She's like 50... I want to say she's... I'd put her almost 60. Yeah, and she doesn't look that old. Yeah. Anyway, regardless. Um, the Academy Awards, the Oscars. Yes. The big six categories... Best picture, best director, and actor, actress, supporting actor, supporting actress. Mm-hmm. That's what we're going to focus on mainly here. Give our can't-miss predictions for who's going to take away uh, the top prizes here. Be- any other categories before we dive into that that you have any any take on? I've always been interested in the adapted screenplay, mm-hmm. the original and always, I'm not so much the costume, but the, uh, like cinematography, I'm always fascinated by. Um, I like I like a good looking film. Certainly. And, and that to me, I always find that to be an interesting one to see. If it's if it is one of the big ones this year, I'm expecting the the big movies to also win those three awards too. Um, well, I, I expect Gravity to mop up. Pretty much clean. Anything sweep to do with effects, yeah, yeah. Anything to do with effects, camera work, gravity should run away with it. Um, uh, yeah. It, ultimately, I think gravity will win the most Oscars. Yeah. However, I don't know. Don't know that it's going to win any of the big Oscars. That that's just foreshadowing. Okay. <laughs> um, interesting to note that Pixar does not have a horse in the race for the first time. No, all they had—they had what Monsters they University. They had Monsters University, which you know. And <coughs> thank you for finally acknowledging that Pixar is no longer this flawless. Mm-hmm. That they've been mailing in their shit for a while now, and I—that's not—that's nothing against Monsters University. I thought it to be cute, but other studios, other animated features out there have caught up to Pixar. Well, there was a time when Pixar wasn't just cute. Right. I mean, Pixar used to be a great storytelling company. Yep. They told a great story, had great characters that you liked. It was just that their version of it used computer animation. Yeah. That was the difference. But they gave you a real story. Yes. And 
Adults and kids both love seeing Pixar films. Right. That's just fallen off. Pixar's become, well, you take, you take your kids to see the Pixar film. Right. That's not what Pixar was. Well, it used to be I would go. If Pixar was releasing something, I was there. Mm-hmm. I would go to see this. Last Pixar movie I saw in the theater was Brave. I was underwhelmed. But, and I went to that one because here I thought maybe this could be a return to form. It was something... Uh, that wasn't a, a sequel off and one of the certainly the animation and, and the animation was, was fucking was, gorgeous. It was gorgeous, but the, the story, story though, again was it was a rehashed storyline from shit you've seen a million times, mm-hmm. uh, and it, it just didn't didn't land for me. No. So I don't I I still will watch Pixar flicks, but I don't go to the theaters to see them anymore. No, no. Um, and finally, and finally, the Academy is like, you know what? You need to try harder again. Mm-hmm. And it looks like Frozen's going to run away with this award anyway. I haven't seen Frozen, but oddly enough, this would be the first uh, animation win since they've they've gone this uh, feature animation thing that Disney's won. Yeah, Disney's had a long dry spell, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and Frozen and it's going to win a couple. I think it's going to win the best song. It's going to win best animated. Yeah, uh, I yeah, I've got to believe it will win best song because the fact of the matter is. Even though things like that Mandela song from U2, it's extremely forgettable. The Frozen right. one does seem to stick in people's heads. Right. Um, and I'll, I will give Disney credit because, honestly, I haven't seen Frozen either. And when I saw the trailers for Frozen, I thought this was going to be an absolutely forgettable Disney film. Nothing about it looked appealing to me. But look at what that thing's pulled in for box office. Mm-hmm. And look at the reviews. I haven't really seen a bad review of... I mean, and you, yes, you go on Rotten Tomatoes, you will find that one guy right. who's got to be the one the lone one, bad the, review. Right, the one pretentious and, douche. And the, I, I would love to see Rotten Tomatoes have this rule where they drop the one or two extremely high, extremely low to give you what falls within the bell curve. Right. They're not going to do that. So you'll always have that. No movie will ever be 100%. You're going to have that 99 because that one douche, oh, I didn't like it. Right. Um, but for the most part, Frozen's been pulling in some incredible reviews. Good for Disney. I mean, I, I've never been one of those Disney haters. I'd love to see Disney return to form. Yeah. And, and by return to form, I even mean that from the, not just when you and I were little kids and watching the, the, the old Wonderful World of Disney or Magical World of Disney. I mean, even in the 80s and early 90s when they were rolling out movies like Aladdin, like Beauty and the Beast, like my favorite, which is Little Mermaid. Ugh, Ariel was pretty damn hot, too. But. Ugh, smells like fish. Did that take it <laughs> awkward? Did that make it awkward? I'm talking about kids. I, 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 well, there's enough awkward stuff hidden in that one anyway. That's not awkward, though. No, that's not. Uh, that well, well, suddenly that, that, did that, go that, awkward. <laughs> um. But, yeah, I, I, seeing Disney return to form, seeing them have that success, not that Disney's a company hurting by any stretch, it's still good to see that Disney can still put out something that's good quality. Yep. Pixar just needs to get back on the game. Yep. All right, well, let's uh, let's start talking about some of the, uh, the major awards here. Um, and this is a unique uh, situation. Last year I was there. I'm there again this year. But this is the first year that we've both have... Everything under our belts. Yeah, last year my miss was a more. I did not yeah. get to a more. Yeah, but you have seen everything. Yep. I have seen everything. We've seen every performance mm-hmm. uh, from the major the major categories uh, going into this. And story. I think we've also seen the films, and I may be missing one or two that people have claimed are could be quote unquote snubs. 
Inside Lowen Davis. Inside Lowen Davis scene. Her, which I know has a nom, but there were a lot of noms people thought were going to come out of this, and I, I, we have that under our belt. The only big movie that I didn't see that you did that people, some people claim may be involving snubs was Short Term 12. Yeah, yeah, and, that, and that's no egregious snub there. I think I think the biggest snub, if you will, I don't like to use that term, is because it has to be inside Lewin Davis. Yeah, I would agree. And, but yeah, again, I, I'm using the term snubbed in as much as that's the term people throw around. So let's look at actress in a supporting role. The nominees. Sally Hawkins for Blue Jasmine. Jennifer Lawrence for American Hustle. Lupita Nyong'o for 12 Years a Slave. Julia Roberts for August Osage County. And June Squibb for Nebraska. Um, it's hard to take anything away from any of those six nominations. Um, yeah, you know, I, I think... For me, the first one that that comes off this list for me is Julia Roberts. I would agree because it was standard Julia Roberts. It was good. She was good, but I've seen Julia Roberts do better. I, I, I think her win for Aaron Brockovich was was perfect for her. And that was as much as people want to trash trash August Osage County. I liked it a lot. But that movie was such a good ensemble cast. Sure. Everybody was hitting it out of the park yeah. in that movie. I mean, I even love Juliet. Not that I don't like Juliet Lewis, but I love Juliet Lewis in that film. I just thought it was right chock full of great acting jobs. Right. So I, I don't know that hers shines more than the others in it. Right. So, yeah, I, I could drop Juliet here. It, do I understand the nom? Yes. And she was good in it. But she was good in a movie right full of goodness. So, right. yeah. Right. And, and this is the type, this is the place where I think they could have taken a risk and gone somebody like Brie Larson for Short Term 12. Right. And that's why I specifically brought up Short Term 12. Right. Not having seen it, but I understand that Brie Larson could have gotten it on here and people could have lived with it. Right. So that's why I had to throw that one out there as a potential snub. Well, at least we don't have some uh, Kavenjane six year old Wallace. Oh, Jesus here. Christ. Who, I'm sorry. I, that was just ridiculous. It is ridiculous. And that, first thing is, that was an overrated movie. Second thing is, she played a kid. Right. Kid can play kid. Right. I've watched Romper Room before. <laughs> of course, that was an actress. This is a supporting actress. but uh, Yeah, well, still. Um, I think the next one for me that comes off the list is probably Sally Hawkins. Sally Hawkins. Uh, who She's was great. great in the in movie. Blue Jasmine, I think that she gets a lot more attention because of Kate Blanchett uh, giving the attention in the movie. Um, you know, I, I, I really have no history with Sally Hawkins. I nope. don't really know who she was before this. She's done some TV, to my yeah. knowledge. Um, but as good as she is here, I think she's also... Ultimately forgettable. I'm not sure. I'm not sure anybody outside of Woody Allen fan <coughs> is even going to remember Blue Jasmine a couple years from now. No. And least of all, if they do remember anything, it's going to be Kate. The Blanchett. acting job Blanchett does. I mean, because you're even hearing people talking about like Andrew Dice Clay. And he, he's good, but he's Dice. And it's that movie was Blanchett's movie from beginning to end. So it, I would argue that Hawkins' acting job was good. 
but it's probably getting a boost because Blanchett's was next level. So seeing yeah. times that they shared on the screen, yeah. people may be thinking how good Hawkins was when a lot of She's it was what Blanchett was given. She's riding the coattails for sure. Um, again, for me, next one off the list is probably June, June Squibb, Squibb, who is awesome. Cranky, cantankerous old yep. lady who just says what's on the top of their head, unfiltered. She's a riot. She's not in this enough. No, and really and it's one real scene of about six or seven minutes. Right. That when you're thinking about the movie and June Squibb's part in it, really stands out. Right. It, and all around the cemetery, which you and I have joked about, and it is... It, the, the the scene when for the day they're driving around and visiting this old town, June Squibb hits a fucking home run. Sure, she is that cranky old lady who doesn't care anymore. As I, as I referenced earlier, she if you believe in a heaven or hell, she knows her path is already paved, yep. and she's just letting it hang out there. And we all have met these old people sure. that have gotten to that point where every other word is the f bomb. Yep. They don't care. They drink. They smoke. Because what difference does it make? Right. Their end is near anyway. Right. And she's certainly likable, but I don't know that she's better than the other three. <clears throat> or two. Or two, yeah, or three. Yeah, good math, Dan. Right. Um, so that leaves us with the top two contenders, Jennifer Lawrence for American Hustle, Lupita Nyong'o for 12 years. And I, I thought both were fucking amazing in the roles I think that they both are, fan, are fantastic. And we'll, we'll switch off here, next category, I'll let yep. you reveal first and such and such. Um... I, I, I'm perfectly okay with either one of these. Um, Jennifer Lawrence certainly riding the wave of America's sweetheart right now. Mm-hmm. But she won for, last year for twenty-three for a twenty-three-year-old who who really is way above her age bracket in capability. Her career could be could be Meryl Streep esque by the time she's done. Uh, I would. I would. I would think so, certainly. Um, I, I think she's just going to rack up nominations, especially if she keeps uh, hanging out with uh, David O. Russell and taking the challenges oh, yeah. she does. But also interesting that she can she can dive into that blockbuster and still elevate it like she does with The Hunger Games. Um, you know, I, she adds so much to even movies like that that the Academy's never even never even going to be a blip on their radar. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, she that and X Men. She, you figure she's got Mockingjay and X Men both rolling out this yeah, year. Yeah. And then what next Oscar caliber movie is she going to be in? Right. Um, the only thing about this role in American Hustle is that I'm not sure that she's great. I'm not sure she stretches herself that much here. Um, she plays the character well. She's memorable and everything. But she plays blonde bimbo who yep. feels like she's getting fucked over. Right. Um, my thing with the role is, as much as she's really good, I don't know that people may not be giving her slightly more accolades because she's Jennifer Lawrence. Possibly. Um, I would like to see her have a uh, have another chance to navigate the staircase at the... Uh... Oh, hell yeah. Well, and that's the thing is, I love me some Jennifer Lawrence. And if she won for this role, I'd have no issue with it. And the scene where she, uh, the scene around the dinner, the whole, when she sees Amy Adams' character go walking by, what, Sydney, And and she sees her and, I know who she is. And the confrontation in the bathroom, one of the best scenes in film last year, period. (laughs) It was so well done. And both of them were just incredible. Yeah. I don't know that that's enough for me, though, for her to get the Oscar over Lupita. 
No, I, I for me it doesn't. Because um, Nyong'o is, and I need to see this movie for a second time. I've, I've, I've it seen it twice. Um, what Lupita Nyong'o is is even asked to do um, in this movie is just it's it's just very very difficult to watch. Twelve Years a Slave. Um, and her performance in this, I, I, you know, somebody who I had no idea who Lupita Nyong'o oh, she, was. She, she's out of Juilliard or something, but she's yeah. pretty much fresh out of the college, um, university. She is just absolutely fantastic. Yeah, and, and the scene was. especially when, and I, I'd be shocked if it's not the scene they'll show, the clip they'll show of her at, at the award ceremony of when she's caught going to get the soap. Yes. Um, it, it's just, it's it's ridiculous. Yeah, where impressive. she's talking about how she can't even handle the smell of herself anymore. Right. It makes her gag and, yeah. yeah. I went to Master Charles' plantation. <sighs> you admit it. Yes. Freely. And you know why. I got this from Mistress Shaw. Mr. Slepps won't even grab me no soap to clean with. I stink so much I make myself gay. Five hundred pounds of cotton, day in, day out, more than any man here. And for that, I will be clean. That's all right. This here, what I went to shows. I mean, that for me is is kind of like that. That was the scene. That was her. Her Anne Hathaway scene, yep. I'll call it, who just for that one that one thirty second thing probably just won her the award. Mm-hmm. I would totally agree. Um, and, and and I'm perfectly fine with her winning. If this she award. gets this award, I have no issue. This is certainly my choice for who should get it. Yeah, uh, absolutely. It's, it absolutely. would it would be well deserved. And honestly, I love seeing fresh talent win this kind yeah. of award. Because it makes you excited for what their career may become. Yeah, Lawrence could steal this. She's certainly the only real competition, I think, here. And she's getting the love from past awards, even yeah. though Lupita has walked away with one or two recently. Well, and she won the SAG, which is the, the biggest voting body in yeah. the Academy. There's the Actors Guild. Um, so I, I think uh, I think I, I think we also know that we're going to see Jennifer Lawrence a lot. Oh hell yeah! At, at this at this ceremony, yep. uh, over the years, hard to say at this point. Um, and it's nothing against Lupita Nyong'o's uh, talent level. It's just that are there are there as many opportunities? I, for I would her? look at the cast of The Help and say probably not. Right. They, I mean, you you had some some incredible. You've got a great actress in Viola Davis. Yes. And what do we know her for since The Help? Ender's Game. Yeah, that's all you can find. I mean, for, I, for Octavia some, Spencer has been in a few things, but she, nothing. Nothing. She was real in Fruitvale Station, huge. which she was great, but again, a supporting role. Right. And well, well it's about a black guy, so we need uh, somebody yeah. to play his black mom. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you can't find better vehicles for, and not to say Fruitvale wasn't a bad vehicle, but better opportunities for actresses of this, this right album. unfortunately they're there to use the word that i don't like unfortunately the stereotype tends to play out in the roles that they're being offered yeah so yeah i just don't know the options are going to be there right uh so we're both in agreement lupita nyong'o lupita nyong'o i think should win will win yeah best supporting actor barkad abdi for captain phillips Bradley Cooper for American Hustle, Michael Fassbender, 12 Years a Slave, 
Jonah Hill, The Wolf of Wall Street, and Jared Leto, Dallas Buyers Club. Honestly, if I'm eliminating... Who do you off first? Eliminating, this one's hard. This one's hard for me because I think there are four that you can just drop off almost immediately. But I would think, honestly, the first one I drop off is Bradley Cooper. Hmm. I, I, as much as I loved American Hustle, and as much as I like him in American Hustle... I don't know that we got anything other than Bradley Cooper in American Hustle. It's really... He's in the movie front and center, but it's Christian Bale and Amy Adams' vehicle. And I understand that this is a Best Supporting Actor role. That's Mm -hmm. that's the nod. But he really didn't command any scene. At no point... I didn't even feel like this was Silver Linings playbook level acting. It didn't come off that way to me. It was a good enough role. I enjoyed it. He's kind of a dick, but yeah, he was fine. I just, I think he's the one who's, of the five, you could drop first. I, I'm, I'm on board with that. I'm on board with that. Um, I, I know the next person that I'm going to drop off here, I know that, uh, I know you had nothing for, really, which almost makes it surprising to me that you're, that you dropped Cooper first. Um, I, I'm not sure that Barkhad Abdi, uh, Stands up in this talent pool. And I didn't have an issue with Abdi in that here's a guy, a Somali native, who was basically plucked out of a taxi cab and stuck in And that's why I didn't drop him first. Um, I mean, this, he did great no for a guy who had no acting sure. training whatsoever. Sure. It, it's just he played Somali guy being Somali guy. Well, so. that's... <laughs> you saying all Somalis are pirates? <laughs> no. What I'm saying is his job was to be angry Somali pirate. Right. And but he played, but it. He played it. Yeah, but he actually played it. You can watch Captain Phillips and you feel for his character. Well, I, because he's a victim of his circumstance. Right. I will agree with that. I And, and that has to be something on him. No, he, again, he did a damn good job. But I didn't feel like there was... I didn't, my thing with Captain Phillips is at no point do I feel like I'm watching a movie to watch the job that the pirates are doing here. Yeah. And that, to me, is the, is the problem with trying to nominate Barkhad Abdi for it. Is it, it to me, and I, I don't want this to come off racist, I don't watch Charlie and the Chocolate Factory to see what the Oompa Loompas are doing. <laughs> Even though they may be enjoyable... The fact of the matter is, it's not about that. And right. Captain Phillips wasn't about the Somali pirates. It was about Captain Phillips. Right. So I don't find myself getting all caught up in watching the great acting job Barkhad Abdi did. Right. I didn't drop him first, though, because I acknowledge you're talking to a limo driver from Minneapolis or wherever who was just, hey, we think you could do this. And he did a damn good job for what he was given. And, yes, in this case, the pirates were a major part. It was the equivalent of Deep Roy being the Oompa Loompa, <laughs> uh, and all the Oompa Loompas. <laughs> Deep Roy. But it still is watching Somali Pirate, so it really doesn't, It I don't know, it didn't resonate with me in any stretch. It just sort of, it sort of blends into the narrative because That's it's, the way to it's put a it. Somali Pirate. Right. That's the way to put it to me, it's, uh, for me. It, it's, yeah. I have no issue with him being here. No! And he has no And again, I I think it's great that he got nominated. I think it's great that he got a shot. And I'd be curious to see what if he does something later on. I'm not expecting it. I don't expect him either. I I have a weird feeling that this is the time you've heard from him. He'll he'll end up being cast in something else. And I have a feeling you'll start seeing him in some 
direct to DVD and then done. Right. Um, I want you to I want you to just think about this for a second. Um, I don't know how many years ago it was. When was Superbad? Ten years ago, ish. Oh, you're dropping somebody that I wouldn't be dropping next. Oh uh, well, well, well. All right. Well, clearly. Um, but I just want you to, to chew on this for a second. Chew on it. When was uh, I, I, when about was ten years? Ten ago. years ago. Yeah. <clears throat> Would you ten years ago, after seeing Superbad, have said to yourself today? On February 23rd, or whatever date it is, 2014, two-time Oscar nominee Jonah Hill. No. <laughs> I wouldn't have thought that when I watched 21 Jump Street, dude. <laughs> two-time Oscar nominee Jonah Hill. And well-deserved. The fat kid from Superbad. Who drew the dicks in the movie. the real <laughs> yeah. deal. And he is. I, he, I loved him in Wolf of Wall Street, mm-hmm. dude. I absolutely loved that role. It, it, he, he did such a good job. He was good in Moneyball, and I got the nom. But to me, this was a totally different level. Jonah, well, yeah, he stood up to, in my opinion, one of the greatest actors living today. I totally agree. And he took every jab that for to, point. Every single jab DiCaprio threw out there, he was able to take and throw one back. It was right. perfect. Right. Excellent um, job. And in a Scorsese film. And if Scorsese sees something in you, that's saying something. Yeah. Scorsese doesn't normally grab shit talent. Right. And he got one of the lead roles in a three-hour-long Scorsese film and owned it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I have no issue with his nomination here. I, yep. I was so happy to see it. And clearly he was your number two on your list. He is, because I, I'm not as big on the job Fassbender did. I love Fassbender in the role. But I'm not certain that Fassbender is Oscar caliber in that role. Fassbender was Fassbender. He does a great job. I loved him. I actually think that his acting job in uh, Prometheus was better than what I saw here. Mm. Um, Yes, he plays a, a creepy slave owner. He plays an asshole slave owner. He plays a slave owner who sees his whole world. As opposed to those non-assholes. Well, I I recognize. (laughs) But I'm also saying that if you were from the South in that time, you didn't see yourself as an asshole. It's one thing we can say that they're assholes now, but they didn't see anything wrong with it. He, on the other hand, was next level in his approach to things. Um, But I, I, I guess I'm not seeing where people... Thought it was just a Oscar caliber performance. It was damn good for me, not Oscar caliber. Okay. Um, so I would drop him off as the number three. Okay. Fair enough. I, and I think we're. Uh, I think we're. But clearly, this means we're we're, we're in agreement on the number one. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, and think about it, this is I have when I'm when I think of these predictions, I'm also basing off the fact that where's the buzz where. Right. Who, you know, to, and the to, buzz is clearly on. This one seems to be what most people are saying is all but a slam dunk. Right. I, I think this is one of the two uh, can't-miss picks. I would agree. Jared Leto for Dallas Buyers Club. And it, it's deservedly so. It, it is deservedly so. Um, I have no issue whatsoever with him winning this. Like I said, Fastbender for me out of, these, uh, out of this group of nominees would be my number two. Um, but Leto still is, is certainly another level above uh, above anybody else on here. Um, you know, Dallas Buyers Club didn't 
I need to see it again. I only seen it the one time, and it didn't land for me quite as good as some were. No, no, I've seen it twice, and it doesn't. It's a good movie, but I'm finding myself fascinated I'm, by how people are parading McConaughey's character as being some hero yeah. when all I saw was a dude who's in it for the money. Yeah. And I stand by it after seeing the movie twice, and yeah. I know it's a true story. He was in it for money. He, for money, his own self-preservation. Sure. So I don't get trumpeting him as a hero. At no point do I see hero here. Leto's rayon, though, was amazing. Do you like this dress? Because I think the neckline's a little plunging. Rayon, the whole purpose of this study is to determine if ACT is helping people. Come on, Amy, you know there ain't no helping. That doesn't mean I'm going to stop trying. Why are you so good to me? Bless your little heart. Just promise me you'll show up for the rest of the trial. I promise you that I will try my very best. I want you to mean it. Yeah, and it, it's, it's transformative, I guess is the word to look for here. And the Academy tends to, if you've modified your look to any great degree, and maybe this, is, again, is why uh, why McConaughey is getting love, too. Um, you've gone to extremes to modify your persona and your look to jump into a role. Uh, Leto certainly, certainly does that. He mm -hmm. changes sexes for... for <laughs> You know, metaphorically, um, for a role, and certainly gives a performance that you know at times you figure has to be uncomfortable. Oh hell yeah! And, and you you actually on the best supporting actors, you gave me a, a fascinating idea. Trying to picture what clip they will play, and my instantly you've got to think with Leto, it's the one where actually he tries dressing as a man, goes to see his father for money. Because that that's the one where it really, really resonates. Either that or when he's... That. I think it's when he's with Jennifer Garner and he's uh, talking about the dress. The, dr the dress, of the, 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 the how it looks so good. or uh, Yeah, it, it's going to be interesting, but I don't see how this one's even a race. It's not. No. Leto... He's won every precursor award coming into this. His, his The role... The performance itself is certainly deserving. Yeah. Um, he, he's... And, and Dallas Buyers Club is just riding this wave of momentum right yeah. now. And uh, there's no way he loses this award. No, I agree. So... Told you we're going to be point for point here, I think. Unless you get... Unless you decided to roll the dice with Best Picture. And you might have, but... We'll see. Um, actress. In a leading role. Yes. We have Amy Adams for American Hustle, Kate Blanchett for Blue Jasmine, Sandra Bullock for Gravity, Judy Dench for Philomena, and Meryl Streep for August Osage County. Who are you dumping first? Who am I dumping first, or yeah. who do I think the Academy is dumping first? This well, is where I need the difference. Well, you can, you can, you can reference who, uh, both. Who, who am I dumping first? My first choice. Well, we know who the Academy is dumping first, but go ahead. Yeah, who are you my first dump? choice to jump would be Judy Dench. Yeah, I, 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 I liked Philomena a lot, and God love fucking Judy Dench. She is sure. such a great actress. And does a great role. But we've seen Judy Dench do that role, do do that type of acting before. It's a very, very well done movie. People should see Philomena. Yep. Um, 
But I'm not certain that this is Oscar-level acting. It's damn fucking good. And it's yeah. certainly worthy of accolade. But I don't if think I have to stretching herself. No. If I have to choose just somebody to eliminate, I think it's safe to eliminate Judy Dench here. I agree with that. Yeah, she's not not stretching herself here at all. No. Um, oddly enough, the next person on this list you may shock you that I get rid of here is Amy Adams. I liked her in American Hustle, mm-hmm. but in the same regard as Judy Dench here, I don't think that we're seeing anything here that we didn't think Amy Adams was capable of anyway. I don't think there's anything that's like otherworldly about her performance here. It, it, it is a good, solid Amy Adams performance, helped also by the fact that there's a, a <coughs> tremendous ensemble around her. Right. Um, and I'm she's great. I have no agreement with you on no this. issue with her nomination here. Uh, and, and we're talking again about another another uh, female that is going to grace this stage again. Who's, who's been around for longer than people realize, yeah. but she's hit her stride. And I would say that David O. Russell has figured out how to tap into it because I would argue, I bet he is. oh, dude, <laughs> let, let, side boob alone. Yes. But let's be honest, we also got the same level of acting from her from The Fighter. Sure. And that's where I really took notice to Amy Adams was mm-hmm. in that role. Yeah. It was, uh, wow, this chick is legit. And yeah, I, but I'm not, she's amazing, but it's so hard with American Hustle to really take one piece out of it right. and say that that was better than the rest. I would contend that if you really break all those acting jobs down, you have four extremely talented actors that, because of all their on-screen time together, we may be giving them a higher rating than they really deserve if you take them apart. Right. So, yeah, I'd drop Amy Adams next. Yep. Uh, That leaves us with Blanchett, Bullock, and Street. For me, I'd drop, personally, Bullock here. I would, too. Um, Bullock was fantastic in Gravity. She yep. really was. And in a movie where she had to dominate 80% of the acting time, but a lot of Gravity isn't about what they're saying. Right. It's about the situation. It's about the thoughts in her head. And it's about the backstory that they've already given, the tragedy she's already felt, and her own decision of whether or not she feels she's worthy of surviving. Right. That isn't about the script throughout the... Well, let me rephrase it. It's not about what she says throughout the film. It's what she says early in the film. And then what goes on around her. So she was incredible in Gravity, and I'm sure this shoot was a grueling fucking shoot. In order to capture the shots that they had, she certainly deserves accolades. I just don't feel that this is best actress-level accolade. She's fantastic. I can't, though, give her the... The Oscar itself over the other two. Correct. Um, this next one, this leaves us with Kate Blanchett and Meryl Streep. And we are... The we, ninjas we are, are... Our hatred <laughs> and dislike for Meryl Streep on our sleeves, for sure. But to me, the, but the fact that we haven't dropped her as a result gives us legitimacy That's here. right. It, we are fair. We, we, we acknowledge... That Meryl Streep in Augusto Sage County was next level. Yes. It was an incredible, incredible acting job. If everything that she's been nominated for was at this level, I wouldn't have any issues no. with her. 
Um, but but it's not. It's just like Meryl Streep just, you know, she could do a freaking Verizon commercial and she'd get nominated for a fucking. I wouldn't be surprised to look back and see that somebody nominated for her for best actress for Death Becomes Her, dude. <laughs> I you know there's just 18 nominations I want to say yeah, she has. Yeah, it's it's it, insane. I mean, yeah, granted she's only won two, I think, but it, there's no way that you're the top, you're the best in every single thing. No, it's it just it just it just isn't. And and for me, she's sort of become this character of herself over the years, where now it's just this big joke, like. Even to her, like, oh, 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 the Academy Award, oh, I know you don't want to see me up here. No, we don't want to see you up here. But if you were up there for this performance, I'd sleep better than I would if, if In you... In a heartbeat. You know, <clears throat> her performance is that good it's fantastic. In and, and I'm finding it fascinating how there has been... Where you and I have have come out, uh, come, <laughs> where we've come out, yes, we've come forward and embraced her job in this. Yet there's almost become this backlash at that movie interacting job in it, and you're hearing her name fading off this list. Yeah. And yet I'm saying this is one of the first times I can point to and say I get why she's here. Right. I completely understand it. Why is she dropping off? Maybe it's to do with how incredible the number one choice is, and maybe it is the backlash, the fact that she has won for things like the Iron Lady that a lot of people really question the Academy's choice. And I don't remember who she was going against that year, but again, she was not going wanting against, uh, to Viola Davis. throw snub around, but realistically, Viola Davis was amazing and probably should have won it that year. I agree. So, was our, uh, clearly again, consensus pick, Kate Blanchett. Yes. Was she at a level above Meryl Streep? Above? I would contend no. I would put them on par with each other. But I would contend that Kate Blanchett, although she's a good actress, I don't know how many opportunities she's going to get like this, right. where the movie is 90% her on-screen time, yeah. and where she really gets the chance to own the role. I want to go back to school. I want to get my degree and become, you know, something substantial. I can't just do some mindless job. Oh, I was forced to take a job selling shoes on Madison Avenue. Oh, so humiliating. Friends, I'd had a dinner parties. Our apartment came in, and I waited on them. I mean, do you have any idea what that's like? No, one minute you're hosting women, and the next you're measuring their shoe size and fitting them. Erica Bishop came into the store. She saw me. It was so embarrassed for me. She slipped out, thinking I didn't see her. I saw you, Erica. You okay? Kate Blanchett does so many character type. Oh, I, I get that any acting role is character, but makeup based character type. She's been freaking the, the queen of the elves. She she's been the freaking seer chick in the gift. She's been all these kind of roles. It was interesting to see Kate Blanchett just basically putting on fancy dresses and playing somebody that was a human, dealing with a human issue. 
And, I, and that's where I think it kind of separates her, is we got to see Ken, Kate Blanchett doing something different. Yeah. I agree. Which was basically being human. Right. No. It, 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 we've seen Meryl Streep do that before. I don't know if people can really point to many times they've seen Kate Blanchett do it. Actor in Actor. a leading role. Actor. Christian Bale, American Hustle. Bruce Dern, Nebraska. Leonardo DiCaprio, Wolf of Wall Street. Chiwetel Ejiofor, 12 Years a Slave. Matthew McConaughey, Dallas Buyers Club. All right, all right. All right, all right. I know who I'd eliminate first. Um, yeah. And um, I don't know if you and I will agree on this. Um, I get, I, I, I dump Christian Bale oh, first. Okay, we do agree on it because I was going to say we've already said he's incredible. It, it's he Christian incredible. Bale. Yeah. But if you eliminate one of the four from this movie, or let me rephrase it, if you try to pull one of the four out of this Jenga game. I don't know that the any one person's acting really stands out at that level. Let alone the fact that all four got Oscar noms. How much of it is the fact that they ju- David O. Russell gets how to put the right cast together? The question is, is Jeremy Renner sitting off going somewhere going, and eh, what the fuck? Yeah, well, it, it is an First interesting all, little thing. First of all, they have to save my ass from the Avengers, because yeah. I'm not a cool enough Avenger. No. Then I don't get the Oscar nom in American Hustle. Everybody got one but me. And, and then I go back to freaking, uh, oh shit, what was, uh, what's her putz's movie when she got... The either, Hurt Locker? The Hurt Locker. When he, he was had, nominated there. He was nominated and didn't even really get any love for the role. And no. you and I were touting that that acting job. Right. He has done some great stuff. Sure. He was great in the town. Yeah. And, and certainly he was great here. And that, and that's a good call out. This is a five-person yeah. acting job. Yeah. To pull one of them out and say, that person deserves the Oscar, I can't do. And as a result, I think I've got to eliminate all the funds that were nominated, and i got to drop Christian Bale first here. Yeah. And he has no shot. No. One of us. Uh, the other person who has no shot at all, um, who who is worthy of being on this list, for me, though, is Bruce Stern. Bruce Stern. Uh, he's great. You know, Nebraska is just a fun movie. Anything Alexander yeah. Payne does, Alexander Payne certainly gets characters. He gets the human element of yep. character. Yep. And uh, and I think Bruce Stern is 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 phenomenal to watch. Oh, yes. But again, much like we said for June Squibb, what he did though was play cranky old man. Yep. And I'm not certain you wouldn't. I'm not certain you're not going to see cranky old man when he's on the red carpet. <laughs> I have a weird feeling, if I'm pointing at the one guy who you don't want to make eye contact with on the red carpet, it's Bruce Bruce Dern. (laughs) He was fantastic in Nebraska, and I I highly recommend people see this movie. Don't be turned off by the black and white. To me, it was done that way for the piece of Americana, and there's some great acting jobs. Hell, Will Forte, I thought, was great in the movie. Um, But... I don't know that I give him the Oscar for being cranky old man. Right. Not not here. Right. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna switch this up here in a way that this isn't who I'm taking off my list. It's who I thank you. Who I would take off my list at this point. 
through because I don't think the Academy is going to give him the award. No, I because I think that he's going to get the love from the Academy. Uh, remember, let's just say I'm not taking okay. this person off my list. I'm I'm referencing this as in who I think should be taken off this list at this point. Okay. Not who is going to be, but who should be. I think Matthew McConaughey should come off this list here. But I'm not taking him off my list here. Okay. And, and if you're I'm, wording it that way, yes. then I completely agree. Um, I personally don't think the Academy removes him here. No. I would remove him here because for my money, this wasn't even his best acting job this year. Right. I'd give that to Mud. I agree. Um, he was really good in Dallas Buyers Club. Walker, Dorset, Blunt, Newsom, Jeff Coates. These are patients. Yes, sir. They're also the names of players on the Dallas Cowboys. Mm-hmm. That's a hell of a coincidence, isn't it? Isn't this a little ridiculous? You said it. Can you prove these are patients? Can you prove it now? But I find it fascinating that people are, there's this backlash against Leo being as Jordan Belfort because Jordan Belfort was was a douchebag. Scummy character. But I don't understand how he's that much different than what I saw from McConaughey, right. who was basically trying to keep himself alive and made. Good bank off people who are dying. Right. And unless they had the money to put on the table, wasn't willing to talk to them. Right. Um, I, I don't get how people are differentiating it here. I don't understand it. Uh, so I would drop McConaughey myself. Yes. But not from my and, choice of who's going to win. And believe me, though. Exactly. Believe me, I am all on board with this... Reborn Matthew McConaughey oh, that we've seen. And if it means season. that he wins this and it continues the uh, continues it, then we all fucking win. awesome. Yeah, because I'm I was somebody who, much like Leo, it took me a long time to come around to McConaughey, well, and I've come around to McConaughey. No, he doesn't. McConaughey was all about rom coms, right? Rom coms like and surfer fucking dude, right? Done enough with that bullshit. You are a real actor. Now and I get it. Now he's kind of he's taken the role of family man. He's happily married. He's got kids, and he's settled down. Awesome. Look at what he's putting out now as a result. True Detective is an amazing show. Mud, Dallas Buyers Club, Killer Joe, both worth it. Killer Magic Joe, Mike. which doesn't get the love. Killer right. Joe was a great fucking movie. Yeah. And if he wants to continue this, continue it. Yep, I agree. So I I agree with you. I would drop McConaughey. The Academy is not dropping McConaughey here. No, they're not. Okay. Um, next one here off my list um, is, unfortunately, a guy who's way overdue for his moment on the Oscar stage. Right. It's Leonardo. I would agree. Talk about a guy. I mean, and Jonah Hill is great and deservedly uh, nominated, but Leo... In this is basically just three hours of nonstop Leo here. In and you look at the work he's done recently with uh, with um, slave movie Tarantino. Oh uh, yeah, uh, yeah uh, uh, Django. Django. 
Django. Yeah, um, how he, he was phenomenal in that. There's, it's hard, you're hard pressed to find any performance of Leonardo DiCaprio that's bad. No, no question, no doubt. And he seems to be even getting better as he's aging. And, and I'd say he's getting edgier, which I yeah. like. Yeah. I like the fact that as Jordan Belfort, he had to take some risks. This sure. is a role that a lot of people looked at and said, no fucking way. Right. I mean, he was an out-and-out depraved dirtbag for a lot of it. Right. And some of the scenes were as were getting away with as much as you could ever get away with and not go in C-17. Right. And he owned it. Yep. I love Leo. And if somehow I thought he could win the award here, I would fucking love it. He deserves it. And I'd have no issue with it. I, I think sh- he's. I think he's. This, I think he's in second place. I would agree. Um, and I. I don't know that. I don't know that he even should be. Well, I. I think he should be in second place. But I think he should be behind the guy who's not going to win the award. Um, I, and I like the fact you just worded it that way. Cause that's <laughs> the way I see it. Um, this is not this. This award. The guy who we're going to name last is not not the award. The not the way. The how am I so wording it? Uh, this movie is not going to win this award. Correct. This movie will win another award, but not this award. Right. We, we're both in agreement here that McConaughey is going to win. Yes, this he award. he is. And, and and if anybody does upset him, it's going to be Leo. I, I would think so. But who I think should win this award is Chiwetel Ejiofor. And uh, again, you've referenced the scene where he just turns and stares in the camera with just. The look in his eyes is so much fire behind it, yet he's trying to look so lifeless. He's trying to look as if every bit of humanity is being bled out of me, that I'm not human anymore in these people's eyes. And it is just a chilling, chilling scene. It's a powerful performance from start to finish. And again, difficult. And how we can sit here and... And throw all these accolades towards Lupita Nyong'o and essentially not discuss Ejiofor here as as a, as a legitimate contender or front runner for this award astounds me. Yeah, it, he's he's next level. But it's a testament to how tough the top five, the the, the best actor award was this year. Well, and I would say that this is the type of of, of role that we, you know, even Leo. Leo has proven himself across all genres, across all performances, I, <clears throat> and and his role here in, in Wolf of Wall Street is good, but it's expectedly good for right. Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, and I could say the same thing off recent history with McConaughey. I don't think there's anything groundbreaking in his performance uh, in Dallas Buyers Club that we wouldn't have expected to see from McConaughey based on what we've been seeing lately. Edgy Afford. Good actor, but this is... uh, This is coming out of, though... This is a good actor who's been in a whole lot of stuff, but you could argue this came out of nowhere that he's this level actor. Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, it, it, it was... He is the only guy on this list of five, in my opinion, that raised his game to a completely different level. I agree. And he should win this award. I agree. But he won't. No. This is going to go to McConaughey. Yeah. The, the rule, if you want to win the Oscar, <laughs> lose 60 pounds or whatever. Yeah. And, and exactly. it seems, it, it literally, I say that jokingly, but literally, the way to spin it is... If you go to those extremes for your acting job, 
typically the academy will credit you for it. Right. That they realize that what you did, it wasn't just voice inflection. You gave the whole image. Yep. And the Academy eats that up. Um, I thought it had director. And Normally director. director's way down the list yep, for some I reason. Found it. All right. Achievement in directing. Mm-hmm. Uh, American Hustles, David O. Russell. Mm-hmm. Gravity's Alfonso Cuaron. Mm-hmm. Nebraska, Alexander Payne, mm-hmm. 12 Years a Slave, Steve McQueen, mm-hmm. and The Wolf of Wall Street, Martin Scorsese. My first elimination, as much as I've already touted the movie and feel that people need to embrace this director, I'm dropping Alexander Payne yep. first. Yep. Um, and it's no statement against Alexander Payne. All those, all those all movies were fucking are, amazing. Yeah. Um, I just don't know... With some of the movies that you've just listed, or some of the directing jobs just listed, I don't know that what Alexander Payne did is <laughs> on that level. I love Alexander Payne, yep. and he's the look and feel of Nebraska is perfect. But there's this weird backlash against it. I'm not understanding. I just though don't feel that it is what you're getting from Quaron or what you're getting from uh, from Scorsese. Sure. It's it is Alexander Payne through and through, and it's a fantastic job. But I can eliminate him here. Yeah, you have never seen Sideways, have you? I have not. No, you need to check that one out. Yeah, I do. Good one. Next time you're tempted to see Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I'll, I'll throw in Sideways. Texas Chainsaw Three save you from that, and then put Sideways on afterwards. Right. Uh, although there is a uh, there is a nude uh, Sandra O. Oh what is with Sandra O? Oh? <laughs> I don't it's get Sandra O. Oh, that head. It's like six <laughs> feet tall, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's out there. Um, next one off the list for me. It's going to pain me. David O. Russell. Yeah. Uh, American Hustle. Again, uh, it's good. I, I, I'm still waffling on whether or not this is the weakest of his last three movies. Uh, with Silver Linings Playbook and The Fighter. I still think I like those two a little better, um, but I need to see American Hustle again to make that distinction. Yeah, I, I'm <clears throat> not at that point, but I honestly find it hard to, to rank those against each other because they're three drastically different movies. Oh, a- absolutely. It's interesting, though. You know, when you take those two movies, it's like, all right, well, let's take the, the people I had in this movie and the people I had in this movie well, and make a movie with all of them. And that's why I'm dropping it. How much of David O. Russell right now is also that he's found such talented actors mm-hmm. and knows how to get it out of them right. that he's just going to keep rehashing the same actors or actresses? As much as I'm I love with it, as much as I love what he's doing, it makes me scratch my head a little and say, "Is it that you need next level actors and actresses, right. or can you create somebody we didn't realize was that good?" Right. I guess that's kind of a "what came first, the chicken or the egg" argument. Right. But, yes, I agree. David or Russell here. Then I'd probably drop Scorsese as much as I don't want to. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> One of those guys who, uh, you know, a, a bad Scorsese film is still going to be in the, in the oh, Jesus top Christ. 2% of anything yeah. else you see uh, over the course of a year. Um, yeah, you know, I think, I think a lot of... Uh, Martin certainly has his influences here, but... When you have somebody like Leonardo DiCaprio that you've worked with, you just sort of let Leo do what Leo does, yep. and you're going to get, you know, you're going to get what you need out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's nothing about this that looks like 
something next level from Scorsese. It's no. it's it's you know it's actors letting actors do what actors do. I agree. Um, uh, deservedly, I mean, it's fine to be on this list. No, uh, I think Scorsese. maybe the Coen Brothers might have been a better choice in here for any of the three we just mentioned. Yep, I, I agree. And, and the, this is one of those awards that there's a part of me that that wonders why it is they've expanded Best Picture but not Best Director. I find it fascinating that they haven't. If, if you're going to expand Best Picture, then to me, you kind of not that I'm for expanding Best Picture. I I don't like it. No. Because to me, it allows them to waffle a little bit, especially the way they're doing it now, where yeah. they can just decide, well, this year we're going to have nine of them. Yeah. Um, but if you're going to do it, then why aren't you expanding Best Director? Because the two are tied so closely together. Sure. Um, but yeah, it, it is Scorsese. I would drop. Um, which leaves us Steve McQueen with 12 Years a Slave and Alfonso Cuaron and with Gravity. I, I, I would drop McQueen here. We have which to. Which isn't... A statement because he no. did. It was an amazing, amazing job for Steve McQueen. And, and you can see, as good as as the acting talent was in that movie, you can certainly see that there were directorial choices yes. made in scenes of, you know, extending these long, awkward pauses yep. and and just the the shots that he chose to take there to emphasize a lot of the thing that the hanging, uh, some of the, the hanging or. Right before they start singing at, yep. at the, the little makeshift funeral. Yep. That was just, again, another long shot yeah. with no sound. Right. And then slowly, it, and it, yeah, it was... That's directing. That all. And now to give nods, as much as we have just commented on David O. Russell using talent that's a known commodity, McQueen didn't. Right. He used a lot in... I know people are say, well, Fassbender... But still, Fassbender's only been a name over the past couple of years, really. Sure. McQueen, Ejiofor, and Nuango out of nowhere. Right. He had say in those cast in that casting. Yeah. And to tap into that, which were relative unknowns, it, it's, it speaks volumes about your directing ability. And I look forward to seeing this guy in the future. Yeah. But I, I yeah. Um, but when you look at when the you, achievement... When you raise the bar to a level that Alfonso Cuaron does with Gravity, who takes, who takes you know, an arguably benign narrative and makes such a visual spectacle out of it... What people need to understand with Gravity is, as I understand it, this movie's been done for a couple years... And they flat out couldn't find a distributor right from the get-go to take it. That, that, uh, I'd, I'd, I'd read that and heard that on multiple occasions. That this thing has been completed. It, it just, they, people weren't sure, or distributors weren't sure if this even was going to be any kind of a success. The whole idea of, well, can you really make a movie out of following one or two people's journey as they're floating through space? Well, apparently you can. You can. And the way to do it is... Good acting job with amazing visuals. And that movie, if there was ever a movie since Avatar that was meant for people to get their first viewing in IMAX 3D, it's fucking Gravity. Yes. It was exhausting. It was gorgeous. It was like watching a documentary on the Hubble where you just sit there and go, this is fucking space. It was, how the hell did they get up in space to shoot this goddamn movie? (laughs) Exactly. And Absolutely. When you get that level of directing, when you create 
what he did to get these shots with these weird pods that they were actually sitting and floating with the head-mounted cameras. You have just gone next level. You have gone Oscar level. Yes. And if Coron doesn't get it... He's redefined the visual effect with this film. And I would say, as much as I want 3D to go... He made a statement as to how 3D should stick around. Right. You want to use it like this, I am on board. Yep. Agreed. As we have been in all five of our books. <sighs> yeah. So this is, the, this is the last chance for discrepancy. I don't know. Um, best picture. The big, the granddaddy of all awards. Coming off of Argo. The big tease. We have American Hustle, Captain Phillips, Dallas Buyers Club, Gravity, Her, The Wolf of Wall Street, 12 Years a Slave, Philomena, and Nebraska. And oddly enough, Inside Lewin Davis is missing. Because there are a lot of films on here that I thought Inside Lewin Davis was better than. But who am I? Um, well, that was my number one of the year, so I guess I thought it was better than all of these. But I, I would agree. Inside yeah. Lewin Davis is better than some of these films, which is not taking a shot. But I also no. personally thought Saving Mr. Banks was better than some of these films. Yeah. Um, I uh, I don't have any issues with any of these films. No. I like them all to varying degrees. There's certainly some here that I'm going to brush aside pretty quickly. Right. Um but not at the level as much as I love District 9, and I fucking love that movie. Yeah. Nominating that for an Oscar was just ridiculous. I, I agree. And, and I don't feel like these no, any of these nominations are, wow, fans like this movie, so let's say it's best picture. Yeah, there's no extremely loud and incredibly close no. on here. Which yeah. fans didn't even like that movie. No, no nobody liked that movie, but somehow it... That was because Tom fun. Hanks and Max von Sydow was in it, so they ran with it. Right. Um... Um, I think my first drop, I'm torn on two of them. I think if I had to drop one first, it would probably be Philomena. But again, it's not a statement of my like or dislike of it. I thought it was a very, very interesting story, especially a true story. And it was an entertaining film. Right. Um, You know, it, it has its heavy moments, but it's not... It never feels like burdensome. Mm. It, you know, there, there's enough lightheartedness in it to keep it entertaining. And I like. Um, was it Coogan? Was that his yeah, name? Steve Coogan. He was. He actually is was fantastic, especially concerned he wrote helped write the film. Yeah, there's just nothing here that that screams best no. of the year. Nope. Um, yeah, I, I'm good with that coming off. Um, the next one I, I come off again is kind of a torn, and maybe maybe I'm just grasping straws. So I'll just name both of them. Her and Captain Phillips for me at this point. And I would have actually said Nebraska and Captain <laughs> Phillips. Uh, and Nebraska's certainly in that discussion. I like Nebraska a little bit more. Um, Captain, I liked her a little more than you did. Yeah, I, I just, again, didn't see anything groundbreaking in her. Great performance, Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'm not I, getting I'm, people talking about... Uh, not getting Scarlett Johansson's Scarlett. voice work and how they feel like she was snubbed. Come on. Scarlett Johansson... She's sitting in a... Honestly, a movie we trashed was Don Juan. Uh, Don John. Don John. It, um, but we know Scarlett Johansson can play hot voice when she wants to. Mm-hmm. Because you, when you've seen her enough, 
you when you hear her get in that voice, I wouldn't even argue you, it was hot voice. It was just normal. no, it was it was Scarlett Johansson voice, right? And, and just trying to be computer, yeah, I guess with some personality. I would argue that it's even less impressive because it's not like she had. It's not like there was an actual character on screen that she had to emote to right. align with. Unlike the, oh, she, the the little white dude, yeah, that, that yeah. was awesome. Yeah, and, and well, I'm finding it funny because I'm arguing why I should have dropped her, but I, I would her would more, be my next one to drop after Nebraska and Captain Phillips. I would make more of a case for Andy Serkis's uh, emotion capture work over Scarlett Johansson here. I agree, and still I'm not for that. No. I, I think if we continue... Do you want to make to, another category? Thank you. I was going to say, considering we're going to continue down this path of motion capture and people, well, again, they're going to digitize Philip Seymour Hoffman into the final scene he was going to shoot, which, that's a fascinating idea. Maybe we do need to add another category for motion capture. Yeah, I agree. But yes, yeah, so I'm eliminating Captain Phillips, Nebraska, and her then. Yeah, boom, boom, boom. Nebraska is, is, is a fine Excellent movie. movie. Excellent movie. You know, nothing... We're just saying, do we feel it was the, the absolute year. best of the year? Captain Phillips, um, yeah, you know, it, it, I, it was sort of this year's Argo, but never quite reached the well, level that's, of... I don't... I will admit that I'm not getting how people felt this was best picture movie. Yeah. I loved the movie, and I've recommended it to anyone I, that hasn't seen it. But I'm not getting best picture out of this. Right. If I had to give any award, it would have been... I suppose Tom Hanks could have been nominated for best actor. But sure. he wasn't, so I don't know where to, to land any kind of award here. Sure. Dallas Buyers Club's coming off next for me. Yep. Um, yeah, it's, it's a very good movie. But I think there are certain flaws with the movie that I, you and I have both called out. Yeah. For me, I think that the end is just so abrupt that I feel like we're missing. There's eight years that they reference in one two-sentence script at the end right. that I feel is missing. And I also am struggling again with the heroism of this guy. And I recognize this is more a statement about him, period, because people have embraced him as a hero and I'm not getting it. Right. If, but if an award's coming out of that... Well, I think two awards will come out of that movie. Leto and McConaughey. I don't believe it gets Best Picture. No. no I don't see it happening. Um, the next two, I think, you, could, you know, we were talking apples and apples in my world here. American Hustle, Wolf of Wall, Wolf Street, of Wall Street. Sort of in the same bucket. Which is funny because a lot of people have claimed that American Hustle is the most Scorsese film that not done by Scorsese <laughs> in a long time. <laughs> and, and, and I can see that. It's the quick shots and the close-ups of people. and. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I love both movies and both of them I will own as soon as they land on yep, Blu-ray. I, I think um, that's fair enough. I've revisited too. both. I've seen both of them twice. They hold up. But I, I just don't see in the Oscar goes to right. coming from either of those. Right. It just won't happen. Which leaves us with 12 Years a Slave and Gravity. Which we knew was going to be the struggle. And, well, and if you look I, at the numbers coming out of Vegas, this this is the clear struggle. Sure. It's the battle. And when I walked out of 12 Years a Slave when I saw it, and you hadn't seen it yet, I pretty th I'm pretty sure I told you straight up that I just saw the Academy Award winning you did. picture. Um, and certainly the, the nominees for this uh, have, have fallen in line with, with my prediction mm -hmm. that this is, is uh, the film. Um, and then, then there's Gravity, who 
just raises the bar on a visual perspective. Um, you, you, I don't see any way your best director doesn't come out of this film. Gravity was my favorite movie and, I saw last year, and it's and it's a uh, box office success, right? Um, you know, whereas Twelve Years is certainly a more uncomfortable watch. It's not really driving people to the theaters in the way that... 12 Years uh, will not be the movie that's going to sell a few million copies on DVD. It's not that movie. Right. Gravity will. Gravity is going to have some great sales uh, that way. Sure. People are going to want to see what that looks like on Blu-ray. I want to see what that looks like on my Blu-ray. I I don't know if I'm going to buy it, but I definitely will watch it. I will will watch it. I'll rent it and see Mm -hmm. if if it's worthy. Even though I acknowledge that a lot of times the special features aren't available on the rental version. Right. Um, but yeah, it's clearly between these two movies. Um, do you want me to call my shot? Go or, for it. Personally, I think the Oscar will land on 12 Years a Slave. As do I. Um, I, I um, think that you called out one great piece of gravity. We're talking about how beautiful it was visually. We haven't even mentioned George Clooney in it because really his character, as much as he's majorly touted, it's really not a major factor. It's Bullock's film, and we ourselves already said Bullock wouldn't win the award for this. Right. Um, if you're going on visuals, if you're going on for camera work, you're going on cinematography, and you're going on directing, Gravity is the film. But if you're going on the acting, the script, all the... Just and the I would whole, argue the cinematography as well. The, the total picture... I've got to lean towards 12 Years a Slave. Solomon Northup is my name. I'm a free man. If you want to survive, do and say as little as possible. I don't want to survive. I want to live. The condition of your labor is it's all wrong. Man does how he pleases with his property. You say that with pride. I say it as fact. I thought you know something. I did as instructed. There's something wrong. It's wrong with the instructions. There is no justice in this slavery. If justice had been done, I never would have been here. In his own time, could have managed them all. I will not fall into despair. I will keep myself hearted till freedom is opportunity. It's a more important film, I think, overall. Gravity is, is a good film. It's a fun film. It's a, an impressive... Are you saying 12 Years of Slaves not a fun film? Oh, yes. It's a... It's a, it's a, it's a laugh a, riot. Yeah, it's a, it's a rollick through, uh, through the... Like the era. Killing Fields was. Yeah, yes. exactly. Exactly. Um, but it, it is a movie that should be seen. Sure. And I, I... And I think it's one of the most honest looks... It doesn't pull any punches. Armand it, White's retarded uh, opinions aside, you know him, uh, Armand White. Uh, look up, look up that name. He just—he's the ultimate contrarian. Oh God! Yeah, I don't know how you can be a contrarian against Twelve Years a Slave. Well, I, I, I guess apparently somebody can. There's a but. slash film cat. He was. A, this is a guy who was actually booted out of uh, a New York film critics. Uh, like uh, membership or something. Oh, there you like go. That. That's for, a big problem. For, for heckling Steve McQueen as he was there except New York. And Armand White's a black guy. So there's a, there's an episode of the Slash film cast uh, that he's on there where they're kind of debating him. Uh, and this guy is this guy's highbrow. He's 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 very intellectual, mm-hmm. but he he's one of these guys who just. Lives to be a contrarian against the popular opinions mm. and stuff, and I hate people like that. 
But, yeah, if you're arguing for the sake of arguing, then shut the fuck up. Right. Um, and be, it also means that your opinion probably doesn't mean anything, because people are just wondering if you really have that well, as Well, I was opinion. fine with letting him have that opinion until, he start, until he's at this thing, and he's hackling a guy for winning an award, and then all of a sudden you have no credibility mm-hmm. to me. You're just a dick. So fuck you. Mm-hmm. But anyway, him aside... I think I think Twelve Years a Slave is probably one of the most honest looks at this, you know, very dark period. Yeah, uh, of American history, and you know, yes, the the acting in this, the cinematography, the direction, and stuff—it's all exactly. I think it's exactly what the Academy is going to gravitate it's, to, and it, it to me is the whole point of the Oscar for Best Picture. Yeah, if if you have. That complete a film. And again, we've said Gravity is a complete film. But it's a different type of complete film. Right. And Gravity and is kind of an extra sensory experience. It, it's, you know, it, it very well could win this award, too. It may. Um, I think these are the only two that have any legitimate shot. I would agree. And if you look at the numbers, like I say, in Vegas right now, these are the only two that have a legitimate shot. Um, maybe, maybe the Academy doesn't want to split its director best picture thing again two years in a row. I don't know, um, mm-hmm. but I, 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 I agree. Um, I think, I think when you look at the best of the best, top to bottom, I think Twelve Years a Slave is what where you got to go. Yeah, I would agree. I'm getting kind of sick though of this. Every year, all you hear about is like. Oh, these stodgy old Academy members. When when are these stodgy old guys not going to come into play anymore? Because it seems like that they've been <laughs> rolling out that excuse for stuff for like 40 years now. Aren't those stodgy old guys now the people who were always complaining about the stodgy you old think. guys? Or do you just automatically morph into stodgy old guys you know as what it you is? get older? It's the, it's the thing that when you're in your teens... You are the all oh, kids these days, but when you're an adult, you're the one saying kids these days. Oh. It's that your your views on things change a little bit. Right. What you find entertaining and worth your time changes so a little bit. So are we always going to be up against the stodgy old guys? I, uh, I think so. For the and I also think that it allow that because people there will always be somebody angry about A, the nominations, and B, who wins in the Oscars. Mm-hmm. So it gives somebody that, that nameless, faceless target to blame everything on. If their choice doesn't win, it's the stodgy old guy. Right. But, you know, bad grandpa did get nominated for something, so maybe people are happy. I, I don't think that we're ready to hear, and the Oscar goes to Jackass Presents Bad Grandpa. I hope not. <laughs> no, I th- I'm not ready to hear it. No. No, thankfully, Dallas Buyers Club's up in that makeup award. I, I'm still finding it funny with my memory. It was the three-whatever mafia that won a three, few years mafia, ago. Which right. was, it was arguably one of the, the greatest, funniest moments for a band I don't give two shits in a barrel about. Right. But still, seeing them go up to win the award was a classic moment in Oscar well, I, history. I, I don't remember who came out right after and said that, and said this line. I it, it might have been the host, whoever it was at that time, and they just look at the camera and go, Three Six Mafia one, Martin Scorsese nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I even go back to uh, and again it seems like I'm landing on uh best <coughs> song was when uh, Barbara Streisand had to give the award to Eminem. Oh that yeah, there's that. And there was uh, Matt Stone and Trey Parker being nominated <laughs> for Blame Canada yep. and showing up in dresses making fun of the J-Lo, J-Lo. and uh, who was the other dress? 
But it was, uh, they, they did the whole red carpet thing, and yeah. seeing Robin Williams up there singing Blame Canada was a great <laughs> moment in Oscar history. Sure. It, it seems like if you want to get away from the stodgy old guy thing, song seems to be where that will land on, because sure. they, song is still kind of a statement of the current time. All right. Well, since our top, we'll do a full ballot of twenty-four um, categories. Just uh, do our little bet or whatever, or mm-hmm. our no prize bet. But we've we've aligned on all six of the majors. So just for shits and giggles, give me two of those categories out of any of those those six categories. Two upset picks. That if you're wrong, who's it going to be? Supporting actress Jennifer Lawrence. Actor Chiwetel Ejiofor. I'll take actor Leonardo DiCaprio. Okay. And I will take... Um, <laughs> I will take Best Picture Gravity. Okay. Just, I actually thought you'd go Best Director Steve McQueen. No, I, I don't see Quarrow. Because that, that's... We're not wrong there. That You did, though, posit an interesting idea in that it is... It, it's been a long, long time since the Academy's had two years in a row without Best Picture and Best Director it's not being aligned. They don't no. do it often. No. But I just... I, I agree with you. I don't see Quarrow not... I don't see any universe... No pun intended. Right. In which Quran doesn't win that award. Right. So there it is. We'll know in a week. And as we thought this podcast would come in around an hour and a half, and here we are at two well, hours. We've talked for over an hour about the Oscars. But if people question our love of the Oscars, they can't question after they listen to a and podcast. Our, and our love for articles about clown shortages. Well, there's that too. <laughs> that is a tragedy. Right. So, uh, I don't know. A couple more weeks we'll reconvene. I'm sure we'll rehash what happened to the Oscars. I don't know. We don't have a theme yet for the next one, but we'll come up with something. Yeah, that's that'll land, what, the second week of March? Actually, yeah. when's the Virgin come out? Uh, later probably later, March. like the 21st. It's when they March, yep. So, I don't know. We'll figure something That'll out. probably be a director theme one. Yep. All right. That's it. Late. Late.